So I have the uh, impossible task of trying to let everybody know kind of all the things that are going on in our ministry in like a 25-30 minute sermon window. So uh, 90 minutes, would that work? Nah, we'll not go there. You might be able to handle it, but those teaching the wee kids class, yeah, they probably wouldn't be too chuffed with me. So I will, I will try and keep it uh, condensed. Um, and we'll, but I'm, I'm excited about the chance that I have to just kind of share some of the things that are going on in Falkirk, Scotland. I really appreciated last Wednesday, so a week ago Wednesday, when Chrissy and I had the chance to be up here for our Q&A. You got a little insight of, of how we're doing. Um, and just some of the things that are going on, some of the amazing questions that you guys had, and that kind of just gave a glimpse of kind of how, how we're doing as, as we minister over there. I'm thankful now for the chance that we have to talk a little bit more about what we're doing, show you some pictures and all that kind of stuff, um, and, and just have a chance to kind of share that. Uh, the, the passage that was read uh, right there comes from Matthew chapter 9. And in Matthew chapter 9, um, well, well, we just read it, so I'll not go ahead and, 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 and read it again. But it's a, it's a passage where there's kind of this famous call to prayer that Jesus gives his disciples. And he tells them, I want you to be praying uh, for more laborers in, in, in the harvest. We're going to finish on that. But within this passage, there's a little kind of summary of, of Jesus' ministry. Um, and there's a couple of things that stand out from me when I, when I read this passage. And one is his motivation. Um, so kind of halfway through there, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And that's his motivation on why he even then says, I want you to be praying for more workers. Because when he looks at the crowds, it's it's compassion that he had. That's his motivating factor. But when you look at his actual ministry himself, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. That's what he was doing. So we had the the preaching, proclaiming, whatever your version may say, teaching um, and, and healing. And so when I was thinking, okay, how are we going to present the the work? This is going to be kind of the the format that we're looking at doing it. And so first off, uh, as we kind of go through, let's let's talk about this a little bit. This is is Scotland's central belt. Here is central Scotland. And back in 2009, it's crazy to me now that it's almost been, it's not far off of a decade that we've had a relationship with the Northside Church of Christ. That blows my mind. Uh, Time has passed really, really quickly. But back in 2009, uh, going into 2010, we first visited in 2009. It was 2010 when you guys kind of came on and said, we will be your sponsor, we'll be your overseer, we we will prayerfully commit to to backing you in in this work. So we're right at kind of the decade mark. Um, And back then, it it was compassion for a people that really motivated Chrissy and I. That's what motivated us to, to go to, to train at Sunset in the first place. Um, that was kind of the foundation for a team that was forming when they were thinking about Scotland and the nation of Scotland was on their heart. And it was compassion for a people that really kind of put the, put the ball in motion when we were praying hard about what can we do here. 5.2 million people live in Scotland. And in that box right there, that's where about 75% of our population live. Um, Quite a condensed area. So that's over 4 million people in that area right there. And when I look at my my, country, that's my people. It's my people. And so when I think of compassion for people and I look at my country, we have 26 congregations of the Church of Christ throughout our country. 
Um, when I presented to you 10 years ago, we had 26 congregations of, of the Church of Christ throughout our country. Now, we've had two church plants, Falkirk and Perth, but we've had two others that have had to close their doors. One merged um, with, with another congregation and another just, just closed their doors. So 26 congregations, 700 or so members across the board. 700. Let that number kind of sink in for a second. Look left. Look right. How many people are here about that? 700, maybe a little bit more. I'm, I'm really not too sure. And that's, that's the picture of our, our country. And so it was that compassion for, for my people and, and Chrissy's adopted people um, that, 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 that really kind of instilled this prayer on us of what can we do? And it was that kind of vision and prayer as we were at sunset studying with other people like-minded and like-hearted who kind of thought, what can we do about this? And so that's what motivated us to then uh, look at going, going back. And so we settled on, on Falkirk, and I have my little uh, text box has not appeared, so that's all right. So we settled on, on Falkirk, Scotland. And in Falkirk, we were looking at, okay, where, where, where's most of the population? So we're in the central belt. Where are the largest urban areas within Scotland that don't have any known work of the, work of the church? So Falkirk's the fourth largest urban area in Scotland. And at that point, there was no known work of the church. Now, we had some members that worshipped elsewhere that lived in Falkirk. And so we started talking with a congregation in Stirling and praying hard about how can we compassionately impact this area for Christ. Um, and so as a team, we partnered with the elders at the Stirling Church of Christ. And that kind of led us um, to, to Falkirk. So we're now, we've been there for now almost 10 years, and I love this picture, um, and it didn't pop up. Excellent, no worries. Um, <laughs> fantastic. We'll get to it, we'll get to it in, in, in a little bit anyway, it's all good, no worries. Um, and so that was the, the, the compassion that, that motivated us and moved us, and we talked a little bit on Wednesday night um, about just kind of some of the different things we face culturally, and we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get there, but ultimately... We're there to, to preach, proclaim. And when you look at Jesus' ministry, he went to, to preach the good news of the kingdom. And he went to, to teach. And he went to heal. And when we look at kind of our, our ministry in, in a whole, that's really kind of what we focus on. So we went to preach and proclaim. And we started doing that in our living rooms. So there we are in our, in our homes up there. Um, and so that's where we, we began. And the dynamic that we had and the, the relationship that we shared as we gathered in our small, compact Scottish living rooms, was, was, was beautiful. Um, it really was. But we grew, and we grew out of that. A Scottish living room can be quite small, and it gets quite sweaty and quite hot pretty quickly. So uh, we got to the point where we started to look, and we moved into a community centre. So that is the Ettrick Dockert Community Hall. And up here, that is where we meet. That's our little bird's eye uh, image. So we're in a community centre there in Hall Glen, which is an area of Falkirk, and it's one that has quite a lot of social deprivation, so there's a lot of different ways in which we can serve, and we'll talk about that a little bit more when we kind of talk about healing. But we are there to, to preach and to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And Ten years ago, I kind of shared this. Uh, as I said, ten years ago, there wasn't any work of the church in Falkirk, apart from a couple of members that lived there but traveled elsewhere uh, to worship. But now we are here. And so, brethren, that is the Falkirk Church of Christ, who 
Incidentally, they send their greetings and they send their love and they send their thanks because they know that your sacrificial giving has really been a massive catalyst for these pictures that we are able to share with you. And these are not just pictures. These are people with stories um, and lives that have changed. And so we're blessed with our relationship with you. And so as we look at it, we have many opportunities, many different contexts to be able to teach. And I kind of want to share some of those with you because uh, it varies. And that's life gives us all kinds of teachable moments um, in various different settings. Most of my best learning from teaching hasn't necessarily come from a classroom setting. And so we kind of vary it up and we look at all the different ways that we have the chance just to teach people about what it means to have faith, what it means to be in relationship with God, what it means to be part of the Lord's body, what it means to live for God. Um, and so we're thankful for the opportunities that we have for it. So we meet midweek um, in our homes. We started in our, in our living rooms, as I said, and we had such a, um, I don't know, just such a, a neat dynamic from that. We really didn't want to lose it. We had issues getting the community center midweek anyway. So when we, we were kind of looking, okay, we want to have a midweek Bible study, so we keep it and we rotate um, amongst, our, amongst our homes. So that is Chrissy and I's living room right there. You've got to love that floral wallpaper. Very nice. So, uh, so we, we moved, into our, moved into a house last summer. Uh, so we've been in a house. Up until then, we were always in apartments. We got our, a house last summer. So this is, this is a little snapshot of what our living room looks like when we're all in there studying. So on Wednesday evenings, we gather and we study. Another big aspect is our, our children's ministry and the teaching moments that we have that, that, that comes through that. And this is a huge um, kind of aspect of, of who we are as a congregation and, 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 and what we do. We have, on a Sunday morning, we usually have about 20, 25 or so members um, of, of the church gathering with us in Falkirk. On our Sunday evening, we double. We have about 40 to 50 or so that meet, which is really strange. Not many congregations double on the Sunday evening, uh, but, we, but we do. And part of that is our, our children's ministry. Uh, we usually have about 25 or so kids. That's over, over half of us are under the age of 18. I say us, I'm not in that us, but yeah, over, over half of the, the congregation there, we're under the age of, under, under the age of 18. Um, and so it's, it's, it's encouraging, and it is such a boost for us. Um, it gives me a few gray hairs every now and then, but it's, 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 we have a lot of fun with our kids as we try and instill godly values and principles in them, um, and as we try and, and raise them up in the Lord. Um, and so a lot of our children's ministry, we, we, uh, on, a, on a Sunday morning, we have kind of like a wee Bible hour, like you guys have, so we'll, we'll pull them out during the sermon time, um, and we'll have a chance to, to, to be with everybody and, and, and teach the kids then. Uh, on the Sunday evening... It's, it's a pretty crazy schedule. We start at 5.30 and we usually end at about 8.30, 9pm, somewhere in there. So it's quite a busy night on our Sunday nights. Um, and when we first meet, we have three children's classes running simultaneously. So we have all of our age groups covered from toddlers all the way up. Um, so we start off with basically kind of our elementary school. We'll talk about the youth in a minute. So we have our, our, our primary school aged kids and we have three different classes going on with that all at the same time. And then after that, we have a meal with our kids. Because our, our, our church starts at 5.30. It's like right at dinner time. So we, we, we also had a number of kids coming from the community that were coming in. And we just thought this is a good chance for us to reach out and, and help and, and provide a meal. So we, so we do that. 
So on a Sunday evening, all of our kids eat together. We kind of volunteer and have a rotation with whichever adults are going to manage that and, and deal with that and provide for that. And while that's going on, our adults and our teens, our youth, meet upstairs and they have their class. And then afterwards, everybody comes back together and we just have a time of corporate worship with one another and as we, as we all praise God together. And so that is a snapshot. And it is literally just a snapshot of what happens in like three hours, three and a half hours in Falkirk every Sunday evening. But it is a blessing. And we are thankful for it. Um, we, we truly are blessed. But our kids, um, that's some pictures from our Sunday evening. So that's our, our, our different classes that are going on at the, at the same time. Um, but our kids program, when we look at it, is it's not just about in reach, you know what I mean by when, when I'm talking about that? You know, it's not just the building up of our own kids. Um, there are amazing opportunities for our, our children's ministry to be an outreach to, to the community and beyond. And a lot of times people talk about our children and our youth being the church of tomorrow and the opportunities, how we have to build them up because they're the church of tomorrow. You guys are the church of today, right? And, and there are opportunities that you can serve and opportunities that you can share uh, that, that we don't have, that, that somebody with gray hair like some of us just kind of get in and, 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 and share. So I want you guys to, to be empowered with that knowledge and be challenged by that. And so with our children's ministry, um, each year we try and do a VBS, HBS. It's a holiday Bible school, not a vacation Bible school. It's Scotland and we say holiday. But yeah, anyway, so we do an HBS each year. Um, and we use it as a chance to kind of reach out. And it's... It, it's awesome to see our kids get excited by it. And we do it all in-house, so we kind of handle it all and fund it all, and we usually do it like a one-day um, intensive VBS there at the, the community center. Um, and a lot of our own children will, will bring their friends along from school. And this past year, we had, I think it was like 40, 45 kids in total there um, at our VBS, which was awesome and really, really encouraging. And so each year we try and do that. Sometimes it's the summer holidays. Sometimes it's like our fall break. In October, our October holidays, it really just kind of varies with availability um, and what all that we're able to do. Um, one of the other teaching opportunities is something that Chrissy is passionate about and very, very involved in, and it's her, her women's ministry opportunities. So each week, there's a group of ladies that meet in Falkirk at one of the coffee shops, and they're studying, and they'll study through a book with one another and encourage and have discussion and have chats. Um, and that's been very beneficial for our ladies. And it's not just uh, Falkirk members that are there. There's sometimes some of the members from neighboring congregations come in as well. But this one on the right is one that's really quite exciting to me when I think about it and, and the vast scope it has. It's a group called Soul Sisters. And it's a daily Bible study that Chrissy does. And she does it mainly through email or through Facebook. Um, and I want to say it's 190, 200, something like that. A couple hundred people um, are, are involved in that. Now, your involvement could be just read and be encouraged. Or your involvement can be jump on to Facebook and start, you know, commenting and questioning and asking. It, it just varies depending on what the needs are. But that's been really fruitful and really cool to see uh, Chrissy kind of take, take hold of that. And the last kind of, you know, piece of the puzzle when I think about her, her women's ministry and the things that she's doing is an, an annual retreat, the Field of Refuge Women's Retreat which meets um, in, well, actually, like our police academy, Tully Allen, which is an interesting place. But hey, uh, there's a castle there and everything. It's a great, it's a great location for them. Um, and it's a group of women from throughout the UK that come to that. A number are based in Scotland, but some even come up from other areas of England. 
Um, so from throughout the UK, people come, and it's, a, it's an amazing time of refreshing and renewal. And there's still some spots open if any of you ladies fancy a retreat in Scotland this year uh, or next year or whatever. So be thinking about that. Uh, but the Field of Refuge Ladies Retreat, and it's a, a weekend um, intensive time of study. And Chrissy puts a whole curriculum together, um, and it's, it's some serious digging into God's Word and practical application of that in their lives. And so there's a lot of different ways that, that we use different mediums, different opportunities to teach. This one is one I'm passionate about, and one that I have been for a, a number of years. And it started when Pamela, one of our former teammates, um, found out about this group called Meetup, which is basically like, I don't know the best way to describe it, a social network for groups. So you can start an event, you can start a group, and, and people can find that, and then they can sign up for an RSVP to it. Advertising or promoting a coffee shop Bible study. And we've talked about this in the past, so I mean, you're, you're familiar with the concept, but uh, it's, it's basically a chance for one of us or a few of us to show up at a coffee shop with our Bibles open, and, and others who find us can, can connect um, and have a chance to show up with their Bibles open. And it's, and it's an amazing chance of, of encouragement. And the, the Bible studies have kind of grown. So there's a couple of other congregations now. And I'll bring this up because it leads on to the next slide. There's a couple of other congregations now in central Scotland that use our kind of meet-up umbrella to promote their own coffee shop Bible studies. So there's one going on in Cumbernauld. And there's one going on in Perth. We'll, get, we'll follow up on that one in, in a second. And then there's the ones that I'm involved with in Falkirk and in Glasgow, which is our largest city on the West Coast. It's only about 30 minutes or so from Falkirk, so it's pretty close by. Um, so those are the different coffee shop Bible studies that are going on. And it's a textual approach. So we're working through a book. So wherever we finish on that one week, the following week, we then pick up. And we were working through a passage together. And one of the things that's really cool about it is when I think about our ministry and our contacts, a lot of what we do is building relationships with people so we can get to a point where they may be willing to then study the Bible. Right here, everybody shows up, and that's, they know what they're getting themselves in for. You know, that's what we're doing. We're there to study the Bible. Um, and so people are here on a level playing field, maybe different backgrounds, and there's been some fun experiences within them. Um, but people are there to study and to learn and to, to chat um, through Bible passages and application in our lives. So be praying for us in our ministry, because it's one that I get, I get excited about when I look at the, the potential and just the, the, the different things that we're able to do with that. Um, last year, top left. Is it top left? Yes, top left. wasn't sure if it was like mirror image or something with this screen and that screen. So yeah, top left, that's a, a lad named Andy. Andy works in Perth and went in for a coffee and saw a bunch of people studying in the back corner, and there was a little sign that said, meet up, um, and it was a coffee shop Bible study that he just saw. And he thought, well, that's kind of different. What's that? It looks like people studying their Bible. So he, he wasn't really up for just going up and talking to them, but he jumped online and started doing a little bit of research and found the group, found my name, and then did a wee bit of Facebook stalking, as you do, and found my name there and sent me a message. And he basically just said, Hey man, I'm kind of looking to see if there's anybody that's willing to study the Bible with me. Would you know anybody that would be up for it? And I'm like, sure, let's do it. So we, 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 we met up and, and had a coffee. And, and it was such an encouraging um, conversation. And, and he was really, really fired up. So since then, 
something I go through regularly. Try and make it weekly. It's not always the case, but we try and do it weekly. Uh, I go through to Dunfermline to study with, with Andy in his home. Um, and the, the, the coolest thing about it is it is rarely just me and Andy. Uh, most weeks, he's talking to his friends. He's like, hey, you know, I'm studying with this, this guy who comes over from Falkirk. Uh, he's, he's a minister, but not like what you might think of as a minister. And it's just kind of like interesting conversations that he has with his buddies. And often there'll be three or four of us there in Dunfermline studying in his home. So you can see from the picture there, here's Falkirk. Dunfermline's over the water. So this is Edinburgh right here. So I travel usually that way up over the bridge or over that wee bridge. And that's it. But it's only like 35 minutes away. But that, that study has been uplifting in so many ways, because these are guys that are hungry. Many of them have different baggage from different situations, but they are, they are hungry. And I don't know what God's going to do with this. I really don't. And I'm just praying that those seeds will be planted and that will continue to water and that ultimately he can give the increase. I really don't know where this is going to go for the future. I have some prayers for it, but I want you to be praying about that, the study in Dunfermline uh, that, we're up, that, that we're involved in. The last aspect of of, of, of Jesus' ministry that, that we saw from Matthew chapter 9 was, was healing. One of the things that we, we found when we started meeting in Falkirk is we had people that were coming from different backgrounds, different places, some from other congregations, some that had previously been in a relationship with the Lord and completely fallen away for a while, others who were just hurting in life and looking for spiritual answers and spiritual healing. That healing comes through Jesus. He's the one that provides that. Um, and so as a, as a body in our times of fellowship together, we're thankful for the, the healing and the transformation that we can see in people's lives as they focus their lives more and more on Christ. Um, and so when I look at the, our congregation, there's, there's a lot of different things that have been going on in, in people's lives. But when we look at our, our makeup, it's a... It's a picture of, of transformation in people's lives and the ways in which people change as they turn their life over to Christ or back to Christ in the case of some people. I think about, about Marjorie, who grew up in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So Belfast, if you don't know, Belfast is a, back then was a messy place, um, a, a war zone, literally a war zone, um, and, and, and grew up just seeing some pretty tough things as a result of that and when she was younger she was hanging outside with a bunch of teens just kind of messing around outside the church building kind of laughing at people and one of the guys inside was like hey why don't you come in and she thought i sure why not so she did she went in and checked it out and built a relationship and started attending and eventually got to the point where she started studying and then committed her life to christ and she was probably 16 17 at the time um Eventually in her life, that then led her. She, you know, she became an involved member there. She met somebody at a, a, who was in Northern Ireland at a preaching school. They got married, they got settled, and she ended up in Scotland. Um, and fast forward, just, uh, I want to say, like 10, 15 years or so, everything fell apart in, in, in her life. Uh, and she would, she would talk openly about this, so I have no problem sharing the story. But everything fell apart in, in her life, and she walked away uh, from the Lord, from a lot of things in her life and had a real hard time for a number of years. 25 years later, we show up in Falkirk and we start meeting with, with a couple of different people and, and we heard Marjorie's name 
Um, and, and I passed on to some of her friends and family my number. I basically said, no pressure, but get her to give me a call. And she called. And she was like, Robin, I've been, I've been praying for this. For something to start in Falkirk. I want to come back to the Lord. And she'd been seeking. And she'd been visiting different places and been studying scripture and trying to figure out, okay, what, you know, how, what does the Lord's church look like? Is this place? No, nah, that's not it. Is this place? No, nah, that's not it. Is this place? No, nah, no, that's not it. And she'd been putting aside weekly and putting together like a collection weekly until she got to the point where she found the Lord's body. And then she showed up with us in Falkirk and was like, I've been putting this aside. And her story is one of repentance and restoration and transformation. And it's awesome. And that's just one lady in our congregation. Um, and I think about um, Luke and Sam, I and mean, that's a, a story that I've shared with you guys in the past, but they're close friends of ours. And that's a, a family who had a number of things happen. It wasn't in necessarily one massive thing, but a number of things happened over time that hurts added up and hurts added up and hurts added up. And it got to the point where they drifted. Um, five or six years into having a family, and they're like, man, our kids don't really know much about God. You really know things like Jesus loves me and stuff like that. Um, and they realized amongst themselves, we need to do something about that. And Chrissy and I connected with them, and they started coming along. And when they first did, Luke told me, hey, man, I'm not going to be involved in any, in any way. This is, this is for the kids. This is for the family. Um, he's a former missionary, former, former preacher. So I was all excited when he was coming back. He's like, no, nah, man, then you get your hopes up. I'm not doing anything. Um, Luke's preaching, I don't know if it's this Sunday, maybe next Sunday. Luke preaches every, every month, um, teaches our adult Bible class. Completely, his heart has changed in an awesome, awesome way. And I look at what God is doing through that family. It's just another family in our congregation. I, I can't convey in a presentation these people and these stories and these lives. You really just have to kind of see it for yourself. Just like if you came and presented to us in Falkirk about what is going on, the amazing things going on in Northside, we wouldn't see it. We wouldn't know it. We wouldn't be able to, to really grasp it. But I do want you to know that God is changing lives. And lives are being transformed. And people who have been spiritually hurt in so many ways are getting healing because they're coming back in contact with Christ. And we're just privileged. We're just blessed to be along for the ride with that and be used as a catalyst. Last slide when I think about healing is, is healing within our community. Um, Scotland as a whole is kind of talked about a lot as being a post-Christian nation, whatever that phrase means to you. I'm not really too worried. Um, essentially, it's a, a nation where there's a lot of religious history, a lot of relig religious baggage, and a lot of silly things have been done in the past in the name of religion. Let's just call it like it is. And a lot of people are like, it doesn't add up with what I see here. I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. And, and I've walked away. And so... This is all big generalizations, but generally, that's kind of what you think about when you read about Scotland. But what we find and what we experience is there might be some elements of that, but really, there's, there's people there who are seeking and people there who are searching, just like any other culture. You can talk about receptivity or whatever you want. Ultimately, there's people there that are seeking and people there that are searching. This picture top right was taken from a barbecue hours at, or just around Easter time. And so here we are, it's a group of, group of young adults. You know, some of them are university students, some of them are just done with college, uh, 20, 21, 22. And, and none of them had, well, one of them had some sort of religious background. The rest of them didn't. 
And we're there in our garden talking about brisket, because brisket's awesome. But we're there also talking about faith and talking about God, talking about what does church look like. They, they didn't really have like a, um, like a, a marker in their mind of, of what that would look like. And we, Chrissy and I, didn't fit their picture in their mind of what a minister looked like. And so it, it just led to some really interesting dynamics and some amazing questions and some amazing opportunities to share with them just, just us and who we are and whose we are. And they don't experience that all that often. And I really feel a lot of what we're doing as we make contacts within our community is, is healing, healing some preconceived ideas or notions about what faith really looks like and having a chance to introduce Jesus in everyday situations and everyday moments and watch people start to kind of change their thoughts and their hearts about that. And we're praying that those seeds will continue to be watered and will continue to come to fruition. The other cool one I wanted to share was top left. So that is Millie and her friend, Emmy, and her friend, Shuri. So that's them hanging out, literally hanging out, um, in, their, in their school playground. Usually that's what Millie's doing, is swinging from that rope somewhere. Um, last year, at the end of last year, I had the chance to go into the school. They invited me into the school and they wanted me to go in and talk to one of the classrooms about what it means to be a minister. Primary four. So I went into the classroom and I was like, here's, here's what I do. Ultimately, ministry is just about people. And I, yes, I believe in God. And I talked a little bit about that. And ultimately, my job is just to connect with people, talk about God, and look at ways that we can grow together. And the questions that they had were amazing. And the opportunity that I had to talk was really, really cool. And watching the teachers that were there that initially were like, what's this guy going to come in and say? You know, is he going to have his three-point turn-or-burn sermon? Like, you know, how is this, how is this going to work? But the, the, the interaction that I had, I think, in some minds, and I healed some of their preconceived ideas of what to expect. And Chrissy and I have built up a good relationship with that school, and we're hoping for more opportunities in the future just to continue to do some more things. We had the Pied Pipers group in there from Harding, children's drama group. They were just in a couple of weeks ago, well, a month ago now. So there's some really cool things happening. Ultimately, when you take a step back and watch um, and see what God is doing, there's some pretty amazing ways that, that we can connect through our community, through our culture, and allow opportunities for us to heal. Um, we, we are thankful for the relationship that we have with you here at Northside. Uh, we are, we are we're blessed beyond measure. And we count ourselves richly blessed. And we thank you for your, your support. And by that, I'm not talking just about finances. Uh, your, your support, your prayers, your reaching out, your contact, praying with us, praying over us, praying for us. We've been blessed even in these last couple of weeks with, with those experiences. Every time we think of you, uh, we remember you fondly um, in prayer. And we are prayerful for you. And we'll continue to be prayerful for you as you're transitioning and new elders are coming on board. We have been praying about that process and are, and are excited about it when we think about what God is doing with this body here. Um, so ultimately, what can you do? We're about to start, um, and, and I'll, let, I'll post on your Northside page when we do it. We're about to start um, a group, a Facebook group, kind of like what Jonathan does. So you can see some more things a little bit more real time. I think that would be a good idea for us to do. So you're not just getting like our monthly newsletters, but... Every now and then we'll post pictures and say, we're heading here. Be praying for us about that. So we'll keep you posted. 
you'll be able to get in touch with us and sign up for it. But continue to keep up with us through our newsletter um, and then through social media channels. Chrissy's a lot more active on Facebook than I am. I'm really active on Instagram, probably more than she is. So between us, we've got all of our bases covered there with our social media stuff. So just continue to keep in touch. Um, and, and, and that way we can keep dialoguing about some of our prayer requests and the things that are going on. And I ask that you please continue to keep in prayer the people of Central Scotland, the Falkirk congregation as we reach out. And in any of our newsletters, we always have some specific prayer requests. Uh, we see this as a partnership. I've shared this slide before. Uh, but this is a partnership with the Scottish churches when we think about what we're doing with some of the other congregations around and especially with the Stirling congregation at the beginning of the church plant um, as, a, as a mission team. That's, that's changed. So our team returns back to the States, but we still have a team. And our team is the Falkirk Church of Christ. As a body, we are a team together reaching out to the area around us. So our congregation is on mission together as we strive to, to change that. First and foremost, we're in partnership with God. Um, and we're also in partnership with you. Um, Matthew 9, 35 through 38. I'll turn to it and we'll, we'll finish with this um, again as we, as we finish off. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Here's my take-homes for you uh, from this passage. Kansans know a thing or two about harvest, right? Whenever I drive outside Wichita not too far, you see the fields, you see the wheat, you see, you know, I was hanging out at Clayton yesterday, there was corn growing nearby. Uh, you, you know a, few, a fair few things about harvest. Harvest isn't just a rural thing. You've got a harvest here in, in Wichita. Um, and I want you to be looking for opportunities for, for harvesting, doing so with a, a heart of compassion, that's what motivated us when we looked at going back to Scotland. Um, and I pray that as you look out to your city around, and your opportunities around, that you'll have, uh, look at it through the eyes of Christ, one with a heart of compassion. Um, preach. You know, there's a, a Greek word that's translated as preach, and it's kerux or caruso. Uh, and it means the herald. And oftentimes we think of preach, and we think about that word, and we have like this very formal idea of preaching and proclaiming, and, and, and this is it. Um, and there is a place for this. Don't hear what I'm not saying. There is a place for this. And we recognize that in, in Falkirk, and we continue to, to work on our public proclamation of the, the gospel. Um, but when I look at the example of the, the early church, when they started spreading out, and, and, and many of the things that were happening, it's a lot less formal than this. They weren't exactly hoisting their pulpits around and then setting up and you know going, going for that. It was... It was a little bit different. And, and one of the passages, I look at Acts chapter 4, and, and I love it when, when, when Peter and John are before the Sanhedrin and they say, we speak no more in the name of Jesus, right? That's what they tell them. Speak no more in the name of Jesus. And their response is, you decide for yourselves or judge for yourselves uh, whether or not we'll listen to the Lord or listen to man. But we cannot help but speak about that which we have seen and heard. And the word there that's used, speak, is laleo. And it's just speak. But the context is preach or proclaim. And so oftentimes I think we think about 
preaching is being this, but preaching is our, our speaking and our opportunities to proclaim in our everyday life, in our everyday situation. Toby does it every Sunday, but as a congregation, you're already doing it in the ways in which you interact in the world around you. So look with eyes of compassion around you and look for ways that you can continue to proclaim. Another aspect of it is teaching, and and it's slightly different the way I think about it, the way I look at it. There's not much of a difference, but I think back to to, to Deuteronomy chapter 6, right? You've got the Shema, the passage there that, that, that many of the Jews learn and, and, and memorize. And then it's love the Lord your God with all your, your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind, right? And then what I love about it is it then transitions on to teach or share about the good things that he's done as you walk on the way and as you lie down at night. And, and the mindset of it is teaching is not just what's done in our safari to the sun wing or in our adult shield class or focus class or whatever. It's it's an everyday, every situation, teachable moment thing. And so I want to leave that with you. Look for the moments with compassion that you can preach. Look for the moments in your everyday situations that you can teach. And look for the moments that, that God can bring healing in people's lives. And I'm talking about spiritual healing. Toby last Sunday night did an amazing job as he led us through the book of Luke. We looked at Luke. Um, and, and it's Sunday night, I'm guessing I've only really been here for the one of them so far, but it was really cool as he focused on the transfiguration and then the interaction right after that with the, with the unclean spirit being, um, being expelled. And he looked at it and he was focusing on the transformation that comes in disciples. And when you look at what Jesus is doing and the ways in which people's lives are changing, there's transformation that comes. Um, there are amazing opportunities for healing to come around within this body and out with when we think about the spiritual healing that comes when people come in contact with Christ. So I pray that you prayerfully keep your eyes open for those opportunities. And last but not least, continue to pray. So I shared some specific requests for us in Scotland, but pray for the Lord of the harvest to send workers out into his field, recognizing that that answer to prayer might be you. Um, and, and that might not necessarily be jumping on a plane and going over somewhere. Sometimes it has. You've got people that have gone to Japan and Scotland and, and, and elsewhere, and, and, and that's, that's amazing. But there's a harvest here, and there are ways that you can be used in the, in the reaching out of that. I don't know where you are today um, when it comes to you know, where you're at. I hope that this has been just an encouragement as we've been able to share some of the things that we're doing, but I want you to know that that, that Jesus still transforms lives today. Um, and that transformation is available for, for each and every one of you. And it's a process. We're all in a process of it as we grow in our discipleship. If you've not yet began that journey, then know that we can help you with that. Feel free to come forward, talk to us, have a chance to study with you. Uh, the baptistry is ready to go uh, for those who are willing to take that first step in that journey of transformation as we become a disciple of christ if you are on that journey and you're struggling in any way the shepherds here i I, I know the we've had 10 years of relationship with Northside. i love these men dearly and i know that they will immerse you in prayer and spend time with you to help you through it Uh, so please know if you have any need of any way please feel for feel free to come forward as we stand and sing the invitation song